Word of his power with Apostle Willie. The Lord bless you real good. And I appreciate everyone for connecting to this live broadcast and for those who will later connect to it. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we thank you, Father, for today and for your loving kindness and for your mercy. We ask that, Lord, as we continue this session, let your inspiration illuminate our hearts. Let everyone who hears it Pick a blessing that will be beneficiary to them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I appreciate you all once again for connecting and being part of this ongoing recruit. Every divine assignment needs human polishing. Uh, why traveling to several villages uh, across the northern part of my side of the world? Some few uh, months ago, or years you may call it, I discovered that there are certain locations I will enter and uh, network will be out of place. There are certain villages I'll travel to is as if I'm literally caught away from life itself. When I say that I mean the basic essentials of, of life like hospitals, schools and a grocery store, stuff like that. And then the first thing that will happen to me is the network will be out of place. And I said, what do I do? And I understand that some of our brethren are having these challenges too to connect to the uh, meeting because uh, there is no network where they are. So that is one of the challenge for a missionary. And the truth of the matter is, the Bible said the, God established the world and, and placed its foundation on the sea. But when he came to the church, he established the church and placed its foundation on the rock. Which of them will outlast, will outlive each other? Is it the one on the rock or the one on the sea? Mission work will never come to an end. Except 
God decided to shut down the whole world. So, it is very vital. And if you come across this broadcast, please share it. And uh, you can even take the video and put it in a format where you could send it to a missionary to bless them. Because knowledge is the mother of devotion. Very vital. He said, go to the highways and compel them to come. Uh, go to the hedges. People have built a lot of cages around themselves. And the highway, me and you know, it's a very busy area where you can't afford to take chances. You, you must be ready before you enter into the highway. So, share it and then find a way to send it to any missionary you know around you. And let them listen to it. It will be a blessing to them. This is the only way I can reach out to those in the distance, land far away. Praise the Lord. Yesterday I started by letting us know that as a missionary, you are an ambassador according to the uh, inspiration of the Apostle Paul, who was one of the greatest missionaries that ever touched the earth. And our world was blessed with him. Our world has been blessed by incredible gift and talent, which in most cases, the same world abused those gifts and talents. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, he said some were sold into two. Some wandered from one desert to the other. They were homeless, wanderers, because the world was not worthy of them. I could imagine Christ coming into the world the very blessings to the world, a very good blessing to the world, and then the world was still busy doing what it's doing. <laughs> Our world has been blessed, and one of them was the Apostle Paul. And so, we're looking at his life and the perspective which he believed in, and pursue with his life. Yesterday, we established that as a missionary, you're an ambassador. And your primary assignment is to reconcile men back to God. And then also made us to understand that you have been called and you were formed from before your mother's womb. God already knew you and ordained you and called you to be his servants. Today I want to go a little bit deeper because as the class progresses, there are a lot of issues that are going to be coming up and God is going to help us to address them. And for those who have been uh, thinking of uh, being part of a mission school, uh, but they can't afford or is not close by to them, well, happy you. This is a great opportunity and privilege to learn because I'm talking to you uh, on missions, not as someone who read it in a book. I have lived and experienced practical missions. And so, some of my experiences and everything I'm going to just be sharing it with you, uh, it's, it's only going to cost you some, some data. That's all. Your school fees is your data. Uh, every man called is an ambassador. Every man got called to win soul is an ambassador for Christ and the primary assignment is reconciling men back to God. But today we're going to be looking at a letter of credence because 
we are using physical thing to analyze spiritual matters so that we can really bring back home what I'm trying to say. Now, for, for you to become an ambassador, some people pursue it as a career, career ambassadors, and, um, and when a president comes into power, it is his sole responsibility to, desi to designate those he wants to be an ambassador. So there are parameters, there are parameters that he uses. In, in most cases, uh, the, the right way of it is you either chose those who are career ambassadors, those who studied for it, and they've gathered experience in that field of study and designate them. But you cannot just designate them without sending them, first of all, to the Senate for them to be approved. And sometimes it's, it's, a name could get to the Senate and they, and they refuse it and the president has nothing to do. Because there are arms and tiers of government that everyone must carry out their responsibility effectively. Originally, for an ambassador to be appointed, number one, it has to look at the country that you want to send him to. Does he understand their language? There are a lot of people in, in, in who have traveled for missions and they got to a particular mission location. One of their major challenges was the language of the people. So the, the issue now is they, they will have to start learning the language. There are many instances like that. And the same thing that is considered most of the time to send an ambassador to a state. Uh, first of all, you have to consider, does he understand the language of the people? And, and, and then what is his capacity to dissect the term economy? And then not just that, you look at his international relations. Uh, where you are sending him to, has he done any business there before? Or has he done any business in any other country? How has he been relating and coping? And of course, you look at... Uh, their capacity in these three uh, parameters. But uh, in most cases, like I said yesterday, the president can just decide and say, oh, Susan so person has been so good to me, he, he helped me in my campaign, or he's my relative, or he's my friend for over 40 years, and so let's award him uh, the ambassadorial uh, 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 job. Uh, it, it can be, it, it, it can be, through, it, it, can, it can be purely done through credits or, 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 or in the format of politics. And if you are listening, you know what I mean. Uh, a president could decide, to say, okay, this person, this is the so and so amount he generated to help my campaign. And so, of course, let's designate him an ambassador. And even after designating him an ambassador, he still has to send the, the name to the Senate. The Senate will have to uh, go through their processing of approving it. After the, such a person has gotten the success of approval, 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 very important, approval from the President and the Senate, then such a person can be sent on a trip. And then when he's going, one of the uh, one of the credentials that he has to go with is, is one of the diplomatic credentials he has to go with is his letter of credence. And now, since this is a selection that is, this, since this is a process of the selection in sending an ambassador, now let's look at it in the spiritual aspect of it. How does God select someone to be his ambassador, his representative? 
Now there are two classes and two categories. There's what I call the general calling, and then there's what I call the 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 the, the personal calling. Now Matthew let us know that many are called, but few are chosen. Now there are a lot of qualified ministers, there are a lot of qualified personalities in a system, but the president chooses to, 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 to appoint a particular one and send them to a distant land based on his experience and understanding in international relations. In international relations. The same way in the kingdom, <laughs> God has his parameters in doing that. And which we are going to look at it is, is quite a lot, but we're going to look at it uh, critically. Now, uh, a letter of credence. A letter of credence is a formal diplomatic letter that uh, that designates a diplomat as an ambassador to another sovereign state, uh, commonly known as diplomatic credentials. The letter is addressed from one head of state to another, asking them to 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 give credence. Uh, to the ambassador's claim of speaking for their country. Now, the letter is presented personally by the ambassador designate. Uh, now, when this letter is presented, of course, usually the, the is what we normally call uh, a little, it, they can decide to do a little ceremony, but it is very, very important that as before you leave for the next country, your, your, your home country sending you to, you have to go with this letter of credence because it's what you are going to give to the head of state when you arrive there. Now, when you have been called, in the book of Hebrews, we are told that no one takes this honor unto himself except him that is called. In the setting of the children of Israel, God chose Aaron to be the high priest. Now, everyone is called, is known as a general entry. Everyone is called. It's a general entry. Of course, you can give your life to Christ right now and then, or you're automatically called. But to be chosen to perform is a privilege. I listened to a great servant of God, uh, Dr. Michael, who, who, made that, uh, who made that statement, and it was very great. He said, the, the calling is a general entry. To be chosen is a privilege to perform. And all of us are called, but very few will be chosen by God himself to send on specific error. That is why one day someone uh, called me and said, uh, uh, how do you cope with embarking on a trip sometime? It takes you over 15 hours, 20 hours. Because in most of the areas, an airplane can't even go. And then you just sit there and uh, you, you arrive and then you are still doing so, so well. I said, it, it is grace because God will only give you grace for what he called you to do. There is no need for a pastor in the city to compete with a missionary who is familiar with a lot of tracks and, and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a different kind of calling. So, in the same way, as a child of God, when you are single out for this specific assignment, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 40, the Bible says, Let all things be done decently and in order. 
as a missionary, it is risky for you to just venture into the field for soul winning without a valid letter of credence. And I'll get to, I'll get to that point. You just follow me and be patient a little bit. If the world is organized in the way they do things, then we should be more organized. Spiritual matters. Now let's look at the case of Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentile, and then let's begin to uh, bring this letter of credence into another light. Now in Acts 13 and verse 1 and 3, Now they were in the church that was at Antioch, seven prophets and teachers as, as Barnabas and Simon, I was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and my name, which had been brought up with Herod the, the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, <laughs> Separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So, in the aspect of consenting to an ambassadorial nominee by the president, the Senate will have to look at it and go for the final approval. In the same way, the Holy Spirit designates those that he has called for specific assignment. So, if you are called into missions, you must be sure. You must be very sure. It's not everyone that can just pack their things and leave their house and begin to travel to a far country. Uh, no, you must be sure. In the case of Apostle Paul and Barnabas, the, 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 it was the Holy Ghost who said, separate me. Now they were in the congregation worshipping with other believers, the general entry. But, but the Holy Spirit said, remove these two people. There's a specific assignment I've called them. So to be called into the office of a missionary or as an apostle, because the boat tallies together, an apostle someone sent, a missionary someone sent as an ambassador of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit has to authenticate you being drawn from the crowd, from the general calling into a private and personal calling. And then when the Holy Spirit draws you out through, through, through in, in the midst of that crowd, and then he now empowers you because God only pays the bills of those is aware of their calling. Don't forget about that. God only pays the bills of those he is aware of their calling. So spiritual matters cannot be handled with physical formats or with physical means. God only pays the bills of those. He sponsors those he had called into specific assignment. So, so doing ministry in an office that you were not empowered for, will, you will lack grace and die of stress. I... I could travel most most of my Christmas. I spend them in the mission fields, and then uh, I could travel at, as soon as I'm returning for a trip. Now I'm going for next week. Do you have grace for that? As soon as I'm returning from next week, I'm still planning another two weeks. I'm called to it. So the passion is there. 
the zeal is there and that passion is translated into grace because God has engraced you for what you are doing. So to come into the ministry and begin to do some certain things because you saw other people doing is, 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 is very... It doesn't line up. There must be a specific call upon your life. And this call is not just personal. No. They have to be a confirmation from others that look, God is truly involved in this calling. Now, the Apostle Paul was called and then he was in this church like any other member, but the Holy Spirit says separate him and Barnabas. Not all, just him and Barnabas. So some of the church leaders were aware of it. This awareness from major church leaders is one of the most essential credentials you need before you make any movement. The initiator of the scene is the governor of missions, the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> let me tell you the truth. You cannot convert anyone. You can only contact them. It is the Holy Spirit that does the conversion. So, Apostle Paul was called and separated. Him and Barnabas. They were commissioned. So, to receive a call to go into missions, Without being patient for God to confirm the call to other brethren, doesn't just add up. I met a few missionaries in the fields, and when I began to ask them question, how did you come into the field? They they said they were in the they were in their houses praying and fasting, and then they had a vision where God told them, "I'm sending you to so and so field," and then boom, they just left. I said, "No, you don't do it that way." <laughs> Because Apostle Paul already had a vision in, on his way to Damascus in which what he was going to be doing was prescribed to him but he didn't just jump into it, no. He still waited for other church leaders to endorse it. It's the same thing with Jesus. He's the Messiah but he had to go to John the Baptist and when John saw him coming he said, you you don't have to come to me to to I, I rather am the one who's supposed to he said no suffer it to be so now for those it becoming us to do this to fulfill all righteousness so for you to just receive a vision and then and then you are out in the field and no one knows that you are there no church authority knows that you are there you are taking a risk because definitely in this spiritual journey with the Lord, there are times you will need to borrow grace. And when such graces are not aware of where you are, they may resist assisting you. So you cannot just wake up and begin to travel to a foreign land as a missionary and forget this important aspect of it. The reason is when you arrive, principalities need to know that you came here with the backing of heaven and the church on earth. 
So to be called into mission, and it is only you that knows, you don't attach yourself to any church board or any church authority. It's not a balanced idea. It's not a balanced approach of, of, of Christian missionary. In as much as heaven is aware of your calling, you need to make it known to the brethren on earth because you need both the spiritual assistance of heaven and the physical assistance of the church on earth. So as a missionary, if you are in a mission field and nobody knows you are there, I don't know why you even suggest that in the first place because you have to always put yourself where you can be held accountable. Somebody needs to know that you are there. So to be active in missions and no church is aware that you are in that location, you are not doing yourself any good. I'm, I'm aware that God called you because you said so, but at least some of the church needs to know because even the Apostle Paul, even after he ventured into the mission field, he later returned back to meet the church authority, those who were known as the leaders of the church in the book of Galatians. And then when he began to share with them some of the things that he's been through, what he missed, and when Peter sensed the grace of God upon his life, they extended the right hand of fellowship to him. So to just have a vision and then you sleep and get up and then you have a call into the missions and then you just take your back and begin to go. Zeal without knowledge will complicate your Christian journey. Zeal without knowledge will complicate your Christian journey. I'm going to say that again. Zeal without knowledge will complicate your Christian journey. If we must follow the footsteps of the fathers, the things that were written in the scriptures were written for us, that we, might have, that we may learn. So you cannot just enter into the mission field and, and say you have been called by God. It's, we are, I, I agree with that. But who knows that you are there? Are they brethren who are aware that you are in that place? Are they brethren who have come in terms that, look, we can confirm that God has called this brother. Let us ordain him and send him into this field. So to be a missionary without having a church that you put your head under is a risk. There must be a church. Now when the calling comes upon you, now this is what I want you to know. When the calling comes upon you, it, it, it will show because when I cite men carrying oil, I know it's going to show. It's going to show. In most cases, when the church is not coming in terms with the call, then you can call the church leadership and tell them about your vision and let them pray about it. Because the method that the Holy Spirit used in the Apostle Paul may not be the same method it's going to use in your own case. So in, in some cases, you may have to meet the church board and say, look, the point I'm trying to establish is that don't just pick your bags and begin to engage in a spiritual journey without ensuring that some brethren are aware of it. You must have, you must be a missionary that is subject to authority. I'm telling the truth. There are many things you're going to meet in the mission field. <laughs> there are many things you're going to meet in the mission field. In the case of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, the Holy Spirit says, separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for them to go and do the work I've called them to do. In your own case, God may decide not to use that format. But what I want you to know is that before you take your back and travel on a mission trip, 
Ensure that your church leadership is aware of it. Even if they don't give you the resources, let them give, even if they don't give you the physical resources, let them give you the spiritual resources. And then in a situation where you are not close to any church, maybe you travel far away and then the vision came, you are, uh, and, and there is no church there, which is, uh, which is, is very rare. And there is no church there for you to declare your intention to them. This is what you should do. Call a few brethren and share the vision with them. I said, this is so and so place I'm traveling to because you don't have to go to a mission field and make people in the mission field believe that you don't have any ties back home. They can hurt you. They might hurt you. So even after the president have decided to designate the name as an ambassador, he needs to send it to the Senate for approval. Yeah, he said that. When God has decided to designate you as an ambassador, God will also need men to be aware of it. When the Apostle Paul was in the field, the church was fully aware. So when he encountered challenges, he returned back to the church. And so this is so and so thing I, I encounter here. How do we solve it? And in most cases, the church will give him a letter, take it back there. Now, if he was having no ties with the church, see, in the realm of the spirit, nothing that stands alone survives the test of time. Forget it. Nothing in life stands alone. Nothing in life stands alone. Talkless of the spirit. So whenever the Apostle Paul encounter issues and challenges, he had the church back home to 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 to, to, to call and said, "Look at Susan and Susan that I'm going through," and then the church will now sit down and provide solution to him. So you, as a missionary, there's no church back home that is aware of what you are doing. What are you doing? There's no time I'm going for mission. I have mentors that I meet. I as they pray for me. Some pray for me. After praying for me, they give me money. Some pray for me. They don't give me money. But I still appreciate their prayers because they are aware that Sam is on this journey. And if I hit a wall, I can simply call them and say, this is what is happening to me. One time I was traveling with the team about, 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 I think we we're about nine or twelve. No, we we're about eleven. All of us lodged in a hotel on a mission trip. One particular day while the meeting was going on, I sensed an attack. And the issue is that the same thing that happened to me was happening to one of our men. So I, as the thing was happening to him, I got the signal. And so I began to pray about it. And when I pray, I pray, I pray, I saw that man, this thing was getting beyond me. I had to call a man I knew had a right standing with God. Because he was aware that we are there. He was a church leader. I called him, I said, sir. In this place, I think I'm getting exhausted. I need your assistance. And then he, he took up the phone and began to pray. And then he made some statement that were very profound that became part of my theology. He said, God, your sons are in the field serving you. And then the enemy is attacking them. I want you to increase the number of angels on their behalf to make them formidable. Formidable. To make them formidable. <laughs> and then when I finished praying that prayer, I knew that the issue was taken care of. So if I travel without informing the church, who will I call now that there is crisis? 
Because one of the most dangerous things is not dangerous. So it's, it's a little bit bad for you to go to the mission field and then you have crisis and then you are looking for help in the mission field where you have not even planted yourself long enough to understand the terrain and the principalities. So it's always good you have a good base back home. I had one great mentor that anytime I travel to the north and I return back, I always go to his chemist, his pharmacies. I won't mention his name. Some of you may know him. And then he's going to say, Sam, okay, you've eaten a lot of things that you were not supposed to have. These are, you just give me drugs free. I mean, there are, so, there are so many things men are doing. I have another great mentor like that. If I'm going, I, I will go to him. I say, I'm going. He, he, will, he will give me money. And said, after giving me money, he said, God will go with you. they everybody backing me and the team. Divine call shouldn't be the reason for you to be a vagabond. No. Don't be a man in the front trying to reach souls for Christ but lack spiritual lineage. It's risky. Every man of God that I surround myself with, I know their grace. I know when to beckon on this one. I know when to beckon on this one. I was doing mission. I was doing mission. Very, very formidable. I know that there are men of God backing me, praying for me. Not just them. Their wives, too. They are there praying. One of those mentors is going to give me money and then I'll take you to the mission, bring the, the flyer for the program and then when I return back, you say, Sam, you need some money. Now that you are back to, to set up yourself. May God remember them. So you cannot just, you cannot just because the president has designated you as an ambassador, you rush into the field. No, the Senate has to approve the name that the president is sending to them. That's your proof. No matter how anointed you are, one day you will be in need of. You, no matter how anointed you are, one day you will be in need of. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You will get to that point. So don't stand alone. Don't just run into the mission field. Be patient so that you get your diplomatic credentials. It is very, very vital. It, 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 it's out of place for you to be in a mission field and no one knows you are there. In the time of crisis, where do you lean on? Many missionaries only have the backing of heaven without the knowledge of the church on earth. This is not balanced because at some point you are going to need the backing of the church in the physical realm. After heaven's endorsement, the church needs to be aware of you because that is your first. That is, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm going to come back. After heaven's endorsement, the church needs to be aware of you because that is your first primary place of assignment. You are an added blessing to the church. So for the church not to be aware that you are a blessing that was sent to them is, is, is erroneous. Even after, after St. Paul, the apostle has gone 14 years with both the backing of heaven and the knowledge of some brethren in the church. 
He still came back to breathe the leadership of the church. Galatians 2 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. That we should go unto the hidden and they unto the circumcision. You are not doing yourself any good to be on the field of mission with only the backing of heaven with the absence of the church. God is a God of order. That is why you don't take spiritual matters as, as if it's physical matters. No. You have to be very, very careful. You don't take spiritual matters like that. After the Senate approval, then comes letter of credence. Please. Don't answer any call to be a missionary and then you just leave and start traveling. Let the church authority be aware. Because one day, definitely, you are going to need them. No matter how the relationship of your father is with you, no matter how, I mean your earthly father, one day there will be a form and there will be a column for your surname. You must put his name there. And God bless them. Not him. Them. So as a missionary, if you are listening to this and you are in a place where the church authorities are where you are there, I'm also aware that sometimes the church authority the, the church authority may not want to identify with the fact that you are living because of your services there. If they refuse to give you the appropriate spiritual covering and then look for another church of Jesus. The point is never step into the mission field without the letter of credence. And what is the letter of credence? The church government must be aware of it. God bless you. Please share this message. Send it to someone you know is in the missions. And let them listen to it. To be a blessing to them. The Lord bless you. We'll continue the class next week. My time is up. We'll continue the class next week, Friday, same time. Uh, the Lord bless you. And see you then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Word of his power with Apostle Willie.